Good morning. What a good-looking group we got this morning. You know, if I knew this many folks were going to show up, I'd start a new series every Sunday. Y'all may have been here this morning because of the breakfast. How many had a good breakfast this morning? Give them a hand. Our, uh, part of our men's brotherhood group gets a breakfast. Uh, John's crew, and I, we also got, well, I think one guy that involved with that, and uh, I won't say who she is, but anyway, we, we sure appreciate Miss Alice being part of that. <laughs> but uh, thanks for the breakfast, and it's wonderful, wonderful. I'm on my second bottle of water and uh, half a Dr. Pepper, so I don't know how long this morning can go. Man, it's kicking in already. Uh, we're glad to have our kids going to be singing in just a little bit. They've got uh, opened us up with some. Uh, uh, worship music uh, that they've been working on. A couple of announcements that we want to make. We'll be taking up the offering here in just a little bit. Uh, want to uh, be sure that, that you know about a couple of things. One, uh, my kiddos here, y'all, y'all go ahead. Y'all start passing them out. If, if you want to take one of these, it says Sherry's Love. I know it says Building Fund. But we're going to be taking up James Green. James, we have James Green. Uh, we're going to be taking up offering for the next couple of weeks uh, during our offering time for uh, some additional playground equipment. Uh, show, show, show some of the playground equipment that we're working on. This is one of those. All right. See? See? Another. Anyway, so they're working on this. They've been doing some fundraisers and stuff. So if you want to give something, if you want to go today, you can do it next week. Just be sure to stick it in this. James is up here this morning to show you uh, why I'm so Thank you. 
Oh, yes, the Wednesday night deal. Don't forget that. Sign up. Facebook. We'll send out some more blog post up. Sign up. I forget what it is. It's baked potato barbecue. Y'all ready?
Oh, you're thirsty. Come to the well. 
Bible this morning and open to Ephesians 5. And while they do that, to the guys, go over to Children's Church. a new series and thought that uh, we're going to be in Ephesians 5 and uh, look at pretty much 1 through verse 21 together. We'll look at verses 1 and 2 today, but Ephesians 5 and thinking about uh, being an imitator of God. Listen to what Paul says to these Christians. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I want to share with you a, a section, kind of a tidbit of a quote from a book entitled Imitators of God, written by Edith Mercy. In that book, author says this, in my opinion, an imitator is a person who copies the behavior or actions of another person. We are all imitators at one point or another. Sometimes we don't know that we are imitating someone, and sometimes we do. We may find ourselves imitating our parents, people in society, a certain celebrity, a TV show, siblings or relatives. imitators of God. I mean, the guy, quotation mark, is up there. All big, all good, and if that's not enough, he's a spirit being. How then can I, a mere human, begin to imitate God? We're so lucky that God thought about all this before and chose to become a man through his son, Jesus Christ, so that mortals like ourselves can have a perfect example, a perfect role model through whom we can win and succeed in life. Why should we be imitators of God anyway? To enjoy all the promises of God, exclamation point. The Bible indeed has very many promises to all people, yet there are some promises that are specific to the children of God. Children to God and children of God are different. Everyone is a child to God, since He created all of us. But those who accept Christ as their Lord and Savior and live and live according to His will are the children of God. Now, maybe, maybe this one you're not all that impressed by this little quotation from that book. Let me share with you a little bit more information that may change that. The author goes on to write, I'm celebrating my 13th birthday at the time of the publishing of this book. And up to now, I've grown up to know only one person who has ever lived a perfect life during his remarkable stay on earth, and his name, Jesus Christ. Edith Mercy Thirteen-year-old young lady from Uganda. Now, when I read what she wrote at thirteen years of age, I was 
wisdom of the ancients and the wisdom of biblical scholarship. To think that at 13 years of age, she gets it, that we are as Christians to be imitators of God because we are children of God, I thought was pretty impressive. I know a lot of Christians who have been Christians a long time, Christians in testimony, Christians in faith, Christians by way of being in the church, that have lived many years and don't get the fact that they are to be imitators of God. I want to think about that a little bit with you for the next couple of Sundays together, uh, as well as this one. I will confess that I was drawn to this particular message, this particular passage, and this particular subject because, well, this is Valentine's Day weekend, and we think about love. But it's here that Paul tells us that we are to love in love. We read out uh, at least the first two thirds of this chapter. Paul says we're also to love in life and to love in wisdom. And that's the things that we are to imitate of God His love, His life, and His wisdom. One of my favorite commercials on television is, a, I think it's the Progressive Insurance Company where they uh, have a class for those who are becoming their parents. You know, and uh, there's a, a class where they carry the, the, the students to the supermarket, and uh, of course they, you know, the, the men and women in the class have become their parents uh, in the way they go about the supermarket. And I had to laugh because that's me. I do some of the same things. I thought, they're making fun of me, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I love the one where they go to the big game together, and, and the first thing they're worried about, the only thing they want to talk about is what? The parking and when they're going to leave. And, uh, of course, the old commercial is you don't have to become your parents. If you're going to work behind your parents, get progressive insurance. Well, I will say this. If we're going to imitate anyone, it needs to be our Heavenly Father, our God. And if we're going to imitate him, we need to be children of love. We're called to, to live like God, to love like God, to love like God. And I don't know, but that sounds a little bit impossible. How can we hurt sinful, broken, frail, failing people? How can we hope in any way to love like he loves? Pastor Alistair Begg said this, I thought it was a great quote, because he was preaching on the love of God and being children of God and being children who walk in love. He said, the way an invisible God is made known in the world through the visibility of Christians who live in love with one another and who express that love to those who are actually the enemies of God. In other words, the way that we make God visible is that we are people who love what God loves, even our enemies. Now, how do we do this? Well, I want to reinforce this to you because there's a, there's a, there's a chance that this morning that we could, we could mess this up. I might my way of failure to communicate to you what I'm talking about here, or perhaps you might fail to hear what I'm 
trying to get across to you. Paul is not talking about well-meaning people who are seeking to live upright and moral lives and who just need a little encouragement. He's not writing to a group of people here in Ephesus uh, who are operating under the old uh, thought and idea of, well, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town and that we need to be good for goodness sake. No, that's not what Paul is talking about here. And one preacher said it this way, unfortunately, the message abounds in pulpits across America today. You know, let's just be good people. Uh, let's be good and, and, and hope that God blesses us because we're good people. But what Paul is saying here is that you, you who are in Ephesus, we're going to look at that in chapter 1 tonight when we get together, but you who are in Ephesus, you who are in the world, you are in Christ. Now, you're going to live differently because you are different. I want you to be different, God says, because I have made you different. And though you live in Ephesus, though you live in the world, I want you to be different from the world. And that's the case. That's the challenge. How do we do this? So I want us to think this morning. How can we love like God loves? Well, let me give you three things that I think we see just in these two verses, verses one and two, that I think you will find. Number one, we have a person that imitated. Thirteen-year-old Ethan had it right. God makes it easy. God gave us someone to model. God gave us someone to emulate. Notice what he says there in verse 1 of chapter 5. Therefore, anytime you see that word, you're asking, well, what is that word? Therefore, therefore. Well, because of everything he said in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4, because all those things are true, Paul now says, therefore, listen, love good works. Be an imitator of God. You've been redeemed. You've been saved by grace. You've been changed. God lives in you. Christ lives in you because you're the saints of God. You've been made different. Now live differently. Walk differently. Talk differently. Think He says in Ephesians 4, verse 22, there is the old self, the old man, the old person of sin. All our desires, all our thoughts, all our evil appetites, he says to do what? Put them on. Take them on. And then he goes on to say in verse 24, put on the new person, the new man, the new uh, child of God. Put that on as you would fold it. And have a new appetite, have a new desire, have a new thought, a new walk, a new talk. How do we do that? Well, John tells us in his letter, First John chapter uh, 2 and verse 6, whoever says he abides in him, speaking of Christ, ought to walk in the same way that he walked. There's the key. Live that word said to the disciples in John, I'm getting ready to 
live like my life. You need to live your life, guys, the way I've been living my life. And there in, uh, I believe it's uh, chapter 14, John, or, uh, yeah, chapter 14 of John, uh, or 15, where John says, or Jesus says to him, As I've abided in the Father, you abide in me. I'm the Father, Father, me, I'm one. Uh, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide. That's the secret. How do you abide? When you live differently to the example that's been set. Just the fact that difference that Jesus has showed them about how to live life in their day. at the feet of Jesus. And in that day, to have been caught in an act that she was caught in, uh, to be exposed in the way that she would have been exposed then, in front of the people that she would have been exposed to. The love, and this is the love, God, this was the love of the land. She was to be judged immediately and stoned. But Jesus didn't have to do that. He said, the study hard, get your best, get your best. And then when they come home, you want to 
expectation of our life. There's no living expectation. It's not being good people. It's not being moral. It's not being, you know, an okay joke. It's be like me. Imitate me. Think like me. Love like me. Talk like me. Love like me. Not only is it a command, there's a condition. That's the love children. I thought it was one of the wives that he had said, he said, no, she said, everyone is a child to God. But not everyone is a child of God. We are his children. Don't beat us, Daddy. Don't beat us. I'm like, forget about that. I'm going to get a job. But I had to go through and say, don't be embarrassed your mother. Be embarrassed your father. You're our children. You don't act that way in front of other people. We expect more of you. It's sad to be embarrassing parents. But it's even sadder. to initiate. We've been told what to do. Here's the precept. Imitate. Be an imitator of God. Notice verse 2. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are told to imitate. Listen, his love. First John 4 8 tells us about God. Probably one of the first verses we ever heard and memorized. God is love. His very nature defined by his love. If you have arrived at a definition for God, and particularly if you can only use one word to define God, it would be the word love, not Messiah. Everything he does, he does it out of love. It is his overriding characteristic. He is a person of love. His people are people who experience that love. Think about it. Isn't that great? There are times that I have to talk to them, not about your sin, which probably the last that's not so okay to talk about your sin. <laughs> but you'll find that I can read God. I can pray about your sin. But when it's personal and I've got to talk to God about my sin, it becomes harder. You feel that way about your sin? And it's, it's really not God. But aren't you glad that when you do talk to God, that you know that when you come 
to him, his overriding characteristic was what he did. He's going to accept me. He's going to embrace me, as we talked about it the other day. Lindsay is the prodigal son that kissed us and blessed us when we come to him. He's going to run to me. The only thing that God has done to run out the story of the prodigal son, the father running to the son, is us. When we return to him, James says we draw nigh to him. He draws nigh to us. Since God is love, when he comes into our lives and takes up residence, he places that love that we need in him. Listen, into our lives. It doesn't reside just in heaven. It just doesn't stay at his throne. It comes into our life. Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Paul says, now walk in love. One author said it this way, that word love means to regulate one's life. It means to, to work at it, to strive at it. Our very lives are to be controlled, to be driven by love. And that word love is that word that we would expect to, to, to read here in the Greek, the word agape. And one of the things I was reading about that word this week that I guess I had missed somewhere in my study in the past was it really was a common word at that time. The word agape. We know it means the love of God. But in that day, it was a very common word. It meant for sexual uh, affection and, and passion and other things. And even though they had the word eros. But agape was a very common word. But when the New Testament came along and the Christian church came along, they took that word and they elevated it. And it became a different kind of love, given expressly and totally to the Almighty God. That's the love that we're to love with. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 21, he that hath my commandments keeps them. He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and show myself to him. So when we love him, we want to be like Him. And when we're like Him, we love like Him. Third, there is a provision that helps me. Verse 2. Walk in love as Christ loved us, gave Himself for us. That's the, uh, the precept and the person as a fragrant offering sacrifice to God. There's the provision that illustrates this love. The greatest expression of love that ever has been written is the love that God has shown to us by way of His Son, Jesus, upon that cross at Calvary. The love that God wants us to have and to show is not just some warm fuzzy it is a deep, affectionate commitment to one another. And to love one another. Unconditional. Full and complete love and grace. 
Superman. The game has gotten so big that literally, literally, the time the time from taking an actual holiday on Monday because so many people tune in on the Sunday afternoon as a nation just to celebrate the beginning of this this season. Blacks have watched for the game. Some have watched for the commercial. Some will watch for the halftime show. Some won't watch at all for the game. However, there's an event that tops all other events that was played out on the world stage. That event took place 2,000 years ago. It was played in a stadium called Golgotha. It was played on a field called Mount Calvary. There, there was the great battle, the greatest Super Bowl ever played. The God of this universe, the God of heaven and earth, against Satan. That created the fallen angelic being. Unknown to Satan, the outcome had already been determined. The outcome had already been proclaimed by God. Though Christ looked very much like an underdog, as much of an underdog that any underdog might be ever looked, still be his day. He was victorious over Satan on that day. And at the conclusion of that day, he would stand forever as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Christ died for our sin. Satan and all the demons of hell shouted, exclaimed, and celebrated. What Satan didn't know is at that moment, he had been disarmed. At that moment, he had been Furthermore, the eternal destructive weapon that Satan had had finally been stripped of him and stripped from his hand. What weapon was it? His power to accuse us before God Almighty. No longer could Satan accuse us of being guilty of sin. That day had perished. When Christ died, all the accusations of Satan, all that he could ever make, against us as children of God would be nullified. From there on, it would be no more. Not allowed. No longer is Satan able to separate us from the love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Friend, it is that love that God calls us to imitate. Paul defined the love of God almost always in terms of the cross. If we're going to think in terms of what it means to love like God and to walk in love, then, dear friend, we must keep our eyes on the cross. A couple of years ago at Calvary, and uh, as New England Patriots at that time were down in the Super Bowl against the Lions, the largest deficit any team had ever faced, and they came back to beat second half in spectacular fashion. Later on, they showed the, 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 the scenes of the sidelines of Tom Brady going up and down the, the sidelines telling his players and his teammates, laser focus, laser focus. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the end zone. Don't quit. What am I telling you this morning? Laser focus. Keep your eye on the Augustine said the cross is the pulpit from which God preaches his love to the world. Paul said, I want you, Ephesians, to 
to look and love. If Paul were here today, he said, he would say to you and me, I want you, Franklin County, it's Tennesseans, look and love. Let me finish by saying that this verse doesn't just say that Christ loved us, but it says that Christ gave himself up for us. That's what it means to walk through love. Not just an affection, but to be committed. In order to imitate Christ, we draw near and close to Him. We come into His authority. We submit to His authority. We submit to Him in obedience. Let me close with this statement. Some will try to mimic love, mimic Jesus, and go away. But that's not what Paul wants to do. Paul says to imitate Jesus as well. What's the difference? What's the difference between mimicking and imitating? The difference is in the level of urgency. Often when we mimic someone that's confessing what we did, we sort of think poking them, poking fun at them, and picking on them.
to those, whatever the secret might be for you, the confession of faith that you need to lay out of you. I think you're going to be dedicated to whatever. But today, hey, God, let your will be done. And you believe in your heart. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.